Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. From the alley-oops at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk that. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers cut back podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Game reaction show, 49ers versus Seattle Seahawks, Thanksgiving Day in Seattle. Uh, does it get any better than that? I don't think so. That's just the absolute best uh, situation. You get to sit back, eat some Thanksgiving dinner, and watch the 49ers absolutely handle the Seattle Seahawks 31-13. to If you just went off the first half, it was absolute domination by the 49ers. They came in there with a set plan to take advantage of what the, the Seahawks didn't have in Kenneth Walker, and they completely dominated. They went in there and they made Geno Smith feel uncomfortable. They made DK Metcalf uh, feel locked down because Charverius Ward gave up nothing, and they got after Geno in a big way with six sacks. The San Francisco 49ers definitely put it on the Seattle Seahawks, and the Seahawks made a valiant effort in the third quarter, but with Brock Purdy and the way that he's able to navigate uh, defenses and use his arm to find open receivers, it it just wasn't there for them. They weren't going to be able to beat the 49ers on this day. The 49ers were just better. And, you know, a lot of people during the week when, uh, when we were talking about the fact that this score, you know, might be kind of lopsided, uh, there were people that were getting a little nervous. Hey, 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 pump the brakes, pump the brakes. This, you know, this is still a, a Seahawks team that is six and four. And yeah, I mean, they deserve respect because they have played well at times this season, uh, but the 49ers are just a better team top to bottom from beginning till the end. They're just better than Seattle. And I think even if you inserted Kenneth Walker back into this game, the 49ers still win uh, and they still win comfortably. And, you know, whenever you win a game 31 to 13, you know that you dominated, especially on someone's home field on a short week. Uh, that, that's how you know that you took care of business. And that's what the 49ers needed to do. Now they're going to be headed into a mini buy, and they can take some time off, rest, relax, heal up a little bit before they have to prepare for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, because now that becomes the biggest game. This game was the biggest game in the 49ers season. Now the Eagles game becomes the biggest game in the 49ers season because with a win over the Seattle Seahawks on Thanksgiving Day, the San Francisco 49ers uh, in- increased their percentage and chance to win the NFC West to 96%. The 49ers, there's not a lot of margin uh, for Seattle to be able to overtake them. This was big. Pushed the, the division record for the 49ers to 3-0, and which is by far the best. The Rams actually are 3-1. and Their lone loss in the division 
to the San Francisco 49ers. But at four and six, they don't feel like they're a dangerous team to the 49ers. Niners have four game lead on them, including a head-to-head win. So the 49ers are setting themselves up nice to win the NFC West and potentially make a push for that number one seed. With the Lions losing earlier in the day, the San Francisco 49ers are currently sitting in the second seed in the NFC. So we're going to get into all the stuff that happened in this game between the 49ers and Seahawks, all the numbers, talk about the key matchups and everything that went the 49ers way. It's going to be a lot of fun. Holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop, mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played. From MMA to international soccer, head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And, you know, it was just one of those games for the 49ers. I mean, this is one thing that they've been doing at a pretty high rate this year is just getting it going on the first drive. And the San Francisco 49ers first drive success has led to a lot of wins this season. And this game against the Seahawks was no different. The 49ers were mixing in pass and run. They were getting Debo Samuel involved, throwing the passes to him, and then ultimately cap it off with a very nice touchdown play. They go ahead and they put Brock Purdy in the shotgun. Debo lined up next to him. They motion McCaffrey out. Then they motion him back in. When he settles, he's like a wing player, but really close as far as spacing to the alignment of which Debo Samuel is. They're with McCaffrey just outside the tackle. Debo head up on the tackle. Then when Debo comes across at the mesh point, McCaffrey settles in the middle of the line of scrimmage. He comes with him. They give the ball to Debo. And then Brock Purdy gives the fake action to McCaffrey for a shovel pass. By doing that, not only were they focusing on McCaffrey, which Kyle Shanahan absolutely do going into this game, but he froze all three interior players, including Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner. And Debo Samuel ran right past all of them for a touchdown. It was a brilliant formation, a brilliant call. And the effect of Christian McCaffrey on Seattle was felt at that moment. And Debo was the benefit of it. This is what happens when you have interchangeable pieces and guys who are absolutely dominant. We talked about during the week the fact that Bobby Wagner has struggled to stop Christian McCaffrey over the last couple of years. Whether he was with Carolina or San Francisco, it didn't make it didn't make a difference. Well, here you go again. He just can't stop him. And Jordan Brooks was getting routed as well by Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey is an absolute problem for all these teams because he's just a matchup issue. But that 49ers first series success is huge because when you get that, you get that lead right away. You can play from a a point of strength. Even if they have a big play, which they ended up getting, we'll talk about that in a second. Even if they get a big play, you still feel comfortable that, yeah, they they might tie it up, but we're still sitting in the catbird seat because we can go ahead and go get more points right after this. Just put your offense in rhythm. It gets Kyle in rhythm. It gets Brock in rhythm. It gets the team in rhythm. Is that offensive line feeling comfortable with their reads and what they're looking at? It's very important to have a sustained drive with that first one. And the 49ers definitely did that. Now, they give up the big kick return to D. Eskridge 
66 yards. I think kick coverage has still been a weakness for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, luckily for the 49ers, Darrell Luter Jr. ran down D. Eskridge. I mean, talk about speed. Eskridge is not a slow dude, and he ran him down. So that was impressive from Luter Jr. And the 49ers defense went out and stuffed the Seahawks right away. Tarverius Ward was all over DK Metcalf, had a pass breakup, nearly had an interception, and the 49ers looked uh, really good on defense. They forced a field goal, which was huge. Uh, but special teams, you know, a kick coverage is something the 49ers have struggled with. Now, we got to give props where we had some struggles on, on kickoff coverage. The punt coverage was great. They were able to get a fumble uh, from DJ Dallas, the Players were just flying around making plays, getting on that ball. When DJ Jalas tried to pick it up, they were right there to knock it away. That was impressive. Womack, welcome back, Womack. Your special teams effect was felt in this game. Womack downs one inside uh, you know, the five-yard line one time. Another time uh, that you had Womack throwing it back into Ronnie Bell and him downing it, you could just tell – that as far as those two gunners, they are very, very good. The 49ers got to feel comfortable with their punt coverage. Not to mention, Mitch Wisnowski was absolutely fantastic pinning people back. The fact he's pinned people inside the 20 16 times this season, he's having a phenomenal year. And what it does, it's a huge weapon for the 49ers. Backing up Seattle just keeps the, you know, the pressure on them. That one series, Brock Purdy couldn't get anything going on offense. 49ers struggled. They punted into inside the five-yard line. What was nice is the defense got a quick stop. When the 49ers got the ball back, they got it at the, their own 45. Or I'm sorry, the Seahawks 45. They're already in position to score. Uh, so those types of things really build for your team. So special teams is a huge complement to the rest of your team. And I felt that the kick coverage still a little bit lacking. But when it comes to punt coverage, when it comes to the rest of the other areas, the punter especially, that the 49ers are very, very good. And let's give props to Jake Moody. Besides those three missed field goals he had in that stretch run, he is 17 of 20 on the season. He's doing a really good job. And the fact that we haven't been talking about him is good news. Now, would I love Brian Snyder to start kicking out of the end zone consistently and not give up the opportunities for 66-yard kickoffs? Yes, I know they're trying to angle it. They're trying to... You know, stop them from getting to the 25-yard line. But I don't know if the risk is worth the reward. Uh, what are you going to gain? Two, three yards? Is that really worth the opportunity for somebody like D. Eskridge to take it 66 yards? Or heaven forbid, somebody to take it all the way to the house and completely flip the momentum you just built on a nice drive? I don't know when the 49ers will decide that. Jake Moody can kick it out of the end zone every single time. But they just haven't elected to do that. So, uh, that's something to keep in mind when we're talking about uh, the special teams is how they go ahead and handle those types of situations. So let's talk about this 49ers offense led by Brock Purdy now. Did Purdy have the, the, the standout game that he had last week? No, but he's playing in Seattle's a hostile environment. He's playing on a short week, um, so he wasn't going to be as good, but he was still efficient and effective. 21 of 30, 209 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And that interception was really bad. I mean, he just completely threw it over the top of Christian McCaffrey's head behind him. There's a pick six. It really is probably the most frustrating play in the entire game, even though that there was that big, long kick return uh, by Eskridge. But the reason was Seattle could get absolutely nothing done on offense. There was just nothing in the cards for the Seattle Seahawks. They had 
no ability to move the ball against the 49ers. They had no ability to score against the 49ers defense. And it just gave them a little bit of momentum. Jordan Brooks intercepts it, takes it into the end zone. And the 49ers struggled to respond to that early. So when that happened, it made it difficult for the 49ers in that situation because the Seahawks at one point were in the red zone, potentially ready to score and make it a one-score game. That really flipped the momentum. Luckily for the 49ers, that defense held up, got a fourth down stop, made plays. And I think that's always so important. So uh, Brock Purdy did a really good job uh, making sure he got back, got his wits about him, didn't allow that to affect the rest of his game, and really was just as aggressive as he was the whole time. Now, one of my key matchups going in this game was the San Francisco 49ers run game versus the Seattle Seahawks defense. And the Seattle Seahawks defense wasn't great against the run this season. Uh, They gave up uh, 112 yards per game on the ground. And the 49ers averaged 132 yards on the ground. So this was a matchup the 49ers could take advantage of, and they did. Uh, The 49ers were able to get 169 yards on the ground. Christian McCaffrey, of course, 19 carries for 114 yards. That's six yards per carry, two touchdowns. So his his streak is back. He's been going. He's been rolling for the last couple of weeks. Uh, so it's good to see Christian McCaffrey doing his thing. Elijah Mitchell looked really good in this game as well. He came in and he got some key first downs, especially on the last drive. You know, the Four Yards were really trying to eat a lot of the clock, and they did. Elijah Mitchell seven carries for thirty nine yards, five point six yards per carry. He had a thirteen yard run, uh, so he was good. Debo added four carries for 15 yards, one of those including a touchdown. So the 49ers were pretty good on the ground. 169 yards is exactly what you need because when you get 169 yards on the ground, it allows you to continue to hold on to the football. And the 49ers needed to hold on to the football, and they did. And they were dominating in the first half. I think they had the ball uh, almost 3-1 to compared to Seattle. But they ended having the ball for 35 minutes and 30 seconds compared to Seahawks, 24-30. That's an extra 11 minutes that the 49ers were on offense, and we know how that will help your defense. And with a defense that was playing the way they were, that was important to keep them fresh, and the 49ers definitely kept them fresh in that game. But, I mean, six sacks is absolutely brilliant for the 49ers, and that's what they needed. In the passing game, Debo Samuel, seven catches, 79 yards. Uh, He had a 24-yard catch as well. Ayuk went two for 50 for a big touchdown, though. That throw from Brock Purdy, I mean, the reactions from everyone uh, was just crazy. I mean, Brock uh, Brock Purdy makes this great throw, drops it right in between four defenders. Brandon Ayuk catches it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gets into the end zone. Look at that. That was one heck of a throw. Of course, it put the nail in the coffin of the Seattle Seahawks' hopes of winning that football game as he goes into the end zone. But you... They kind of like pan to the players and they're excited, but then they show uh, Kyle Shanahan on the sideline 
and it seems to be like he mouthed, what a effing throw. Uh, so that just shows you the – he can't believe sometimes that Brock Purdy can make the throws that Brock Purdy can make. And I know they have full trust in him, but there was a play – the play was designed to go underneath, and he had a receiver open. He, but he saw Brandon Ayuk. He thought Quadre Diggs had moved up and created a void in the back of the defense. And that's what we love about Brock Purdy, his willingness to make the big-time throw – when he needs to make it, and he did, and he put that game away. That interception early in the game, that could have frazzled him. That could have put him in a situation where he didn't feel comfortable making a throw like that and risking the opportunity for Seattle to get a turnover. Not Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was laser-focused, made a great throw, and it ends up paying huge dividends for the 49ers. What a touchdown throw that was. Um, moments like that make you think, you know what? We got a great one in Brock Purdy. I have been very comfortable and confident with what he has been able to do. And I got to give some love to Juwan Jennings, okay? So Juwan Jennings gets one catch for seven yards, but that one catch for seven yards was absolutely fantastic. He gets tackled, or he gets uh, wrapped up about two yards short of the sticks. Then he does a spin move while wrapped up around two defenders. They all hit each other. He gets away from one, is held onto, and stretches forward and picks up three extra yards from where he caught the ball to get the first down. What a huge play for Jawan Jennings. That was absolutely spectacular. Third and Jawan, and that's the impact. You know, a lot of times people start talking about he's not having an impact on the game. I don't hear his name called. Don't worry about that. Go look at the film. He's doing gritty stuff. He's blocking. He's going ahead and uh, making third down catches just like this, but he does the gritty thing. He's doing the dirty work. We used to talk about this with George Kittle all the time. People say, where's George Kittle? George Kittle should be catching the football all over the place, and he wasn't because Kittle did a lot of the dirty work. Well, Jawan Jennings is doing a lot of the dirty work this time. Ordinaries probably ran more 11 personnel in this game, which means one running back, one tight end, and they've ran the entire year. Normally, they're in 21 with two running backs and one tight end. Kyle, you check on the field. And even sometimes they're running 22, two running backs, two tight ends, or 12, one running back, two tight ends, uh, and having Charlie Warner on the field. So DeWan got more opportunities. He only came away with one catch, but I guarantee we watch that all 22 film. We're going to see the impact that Jawan Jennings made in the run game blocking. So I had to give him some flowers. And we got to say, Charlie Warner, welcome to uh, re uh, receiving the football in the NFL. He had one catch for nine yards which was uh, pretty awesome to see. So that's the thing. That offense was able to move the ball consistently against the Seahawks defense. Now the defense for the Seahawks had some bright moments. They made some flash plays. Uh, but for the most part, the 49ers were able to move the ball consistently down the field, really sparked by that McCaffrey run game. Christian McCaffrey is everything you could possibly want in a running back. He's the best running back in the entire league. He is probably going to go over 1,000 yards against the Philadelphia Eagles. He's getting real close. I think he's 71 yards away from be going over 1,000 yards on the season. Uh, he's just playing at such a high level. He's already broke the single-season record for 49ers touchdowns in it for a running back. He's got 11 rushing touchdowns. He just does it all. I mean, the guy is absolutely spectacular. I don't know what Christian McCaffrey can't do. Uh, but he has been really, really good. The other thing is the 49ers were three of four inside the red zone. Red zone effectiveness is always important if you want to put up big numbers. 
and the 49ers were very effective in the red zone. Three of four is a great ratio. Uh, they held the Seattle Seahawks to 0 and 1 inside the red zone. They made fourth down stops on a couple of drives. Just really good defensive play again by the San Francisco 49ers. They won the turnover battle. Seahawks had two turnovers. They had a Geno Smith interception. Interception by Ambry Thomas. That's right. My wow, that's bold. That Ambry Thomas would have an interception in this game. Came true. What a great play. Jumped in front of the route um, of Tyler Lockett and comes away with the football. I thought so far, Ambry Thomas looked fantastic. This season, uh, what you know, the first two games a little shaky that made it so Ambry Thomas went to the bench. But since he's came back against the Jacksonville Jaguars, they've showed more confidence in Ambry Thomas. They've played more sticky coverage with, with Thomas, Charverius, Ward, and Lenore. And this defensive line has absolutely got after it. How about this stat? Since Chase Young trade, the San Francisco 49ers average five sacks per game. So that just shows the effect of Chase Young. I think Steve Wilkes was willing to be more aggressive uh, with his cornerback play, and he did great. And we got to mention Jair Brown. Because we didn't have to mention him during the game. He didn't really make mistakes. Now, he did get juked on the side by Zach Charbonnet. Uh, but other than that, they never really got to him in coverage. He came around. He made the plays he was supposed to make. That's great news. Now, of course, the Fournier is going to have to address the safety position. Not the starter, but the safety position. Because it it looks like George Odom is going to be out for the year uh, with a torn bicep. So it's uh, that's really terrible. Warriors no longer have depth in the safety position. The reality is they've got to make some sort of move, whether that's Taylor Hawkins off the practice squad or uh, signing some veterans. They're going to have to do something. They need to have at least one safety come in. Of course, they could go with somebody that they already have in the defensive back room. Isaiah Oliver, you know, somebody like that with Womack and Luter Jr. being back. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what the Warriors ultimately do. Kyle Shannon expressed again uh, over the weekend, or not over the weekend, but during the week that he is still uh, willing, and the 49ers want to sign Jason Verrett. They just got to work it out. So uh, there's probably going to be something that happens in that department. But it's good to see the 49ers winning the turnover battle. And whenever you win the turnover battle, you have a good chance to you know, to win the football game. And the 49ers were you know, plus 10 coming into this game. Now they're plus 11. So really good job by the San Francisco 49ers as far as turnovers. Um, and you just have to make sure you always get things done like that because you have to, you know, uh, take the pressure off of your defense to consistently, you know, win on drives. But when they can get turnovers, it's great. I would like to see the 40 yards offense take advantage of turnovers more than they do. They got no points off the Ambry Thomas turnover. They did get points off the fumble uh, by DJ Dallas on the punt, but they need to take advantage of all those. I, even if they walk away the field goal, you want to see a touchdown, you want to see seven but even if they walk away with the field goal, it's very important. If you're watching this, please like and subscribe to the channel. I really appreciate it. It means so much. Uh, the likes go and push this video out so lots more people can watch it, and it helps me. So I really appreciate that. If you're listening on audio platform, thank you for being here. 49ers Cutback on Believe. You guys are the best. Uh, give it a five-star rating if you haven't already. Appreciate that because uh, it just it just helps me out, and I really appreciate everyone that listens. Uh, and, you know, wants to hear my opinion on what's going on. So when you're talking third down conversion rate, this is always something that I get into during the week because I want to see, you know, what these teams do on third down. I think it shows a lot about how you win. Well, the 49ers were 5 of 11 
Uh, so really close, you know, they're just over 40, 40%. They average 44% um, on the season. So they are playing pretty close to that average. Seattle Seahawks were giving up third down conversions at 44%. So the 49ers held true and did their job there. Love to see it get to 50%, but that's pretty close. But then you look at Seattle, they were 3 of 11. And this season, they've been at 31% on third downs as far as converting. And the 49ers did a really good job on defense making it so they stayed there again. And whenever you get 23 first downs in a game, you're doing a good job moving the sticks. Seattle only had 14 first downs in this game. So uh, you can see the areas at which the 49ers were winning the football game. And um, it's it's really good to see that all the areas we talk about from week to week that the 49ers need to win were on display in this football game. So let's talk about the defense a little bit more. How about the sacks, right? Let's see how those things distributed. Javon Hargrave had another great game. He's played better and better since he's gotten less double teams. He had one and a half sacks in this game, including a tackle for loss. Um, Deshaun Gibson had a sack. That's the one he's blitzing, and Geno Smith falls down at the goal line almost as a safety. He got him down on that play. Nick Bosa, two sacks. Nick Bosa now leads the team in sacks. Uh, so he's ahead of... Chase Young. Chase Young has six and a half sacks on the season. Eric Armstead was credited with the sack. The reason I have to go through this, did it not look like the San Francisco 49ers were just having a meeting at the quarterback every single time? I mean, it was truly impressive. I didn't even know how these things were going to be dis- uh, distributed uh, because just they were getting there all at the same time. So Armstead with a sack. And then Kevin Givens got a half sack as well. Uh, so him and Hargrave must have got there at the same time one time. But think about that. Six sacks just really got after Gino. He had been sacked 21 times on the season. The 49ers get six in one game. Really, really impressive numbers. So uh, you can see the 49ers were definitely getting after um, Gino Smith. They made him feel uncomfortable. The only way you can do that is by marrying really good coverage on the back end to go with pressure. I heard Charvarius Ward talk about the fact that Kyle Shanahan uh, decided that he wanted Charvarius Ward to travel with DK Metcalf. You don't see that very often from 49ers defense, but Charvarius Ward was up to the challenge. He looked like a number one cornerback in this league. Didn't matter what DK Metcalf's size was, his speed was, anything. Charvarius Ward was right there on him the entire time. Kudos to Charvarius Ward for how he played in this game. I thought he was an absolute standout. And the 49ers needed that. They wanted to take some deep shots to DK, uh, but it really wasn't available because the 49ers were doing so much to make sure that he didn't get going. And that freed up everyone else. If Charverius Ward can stop DK Metcalf, that means everyone else can make their plays. Seattle had a couple of good throws here and there. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba had a really good catch on on Diameter Lenore. But, I mean, it it didn't really have any, any results coming from it. It was a great catch. Lenore didn't have terrible coverage. It was important. So let's talk about... My defensive key matchup, it was about confusing Geno Smith, uh, pressuring Geno Smith. They did that, six sacks. Takeaway reads one and two with sticky coverage. They did that. Give attention to DK Metcalf. They put Charverius Ward on him the entire time. They did that. Pass rush late integrity. For most of the game, they did that. The third quarter, Geno Smith had some chances where he got outside the pocket and was able to get down the field for extra yardage. But besides that, they kept him in the pocket. They kept good rush lanes. They got him to the ground. So, I mean, when you're looking at the things that they needed to do on defense, they absolutely got it done. 
And I mean, that was uh, one of the great things that you look at the offense. I said early success in the run game will establish play action done. Uh, they'll make the young secondary player eager to come up uh, in the run, allowing big plays done, right? You get Quadri Diggs to come up. You hear Ayuk over the top, uh, win time of possession, won it by 11 minutes, take the crowd out of the game. They did for a big portion, second, uh, most of the end of the first quarter, all the way through the end of the first half, crowd is completely out of it. Take pressure off the O-line by running the football. You did that by moving the pocket. You did that uh, on schedule on early downs, having convertible third downs. Uh, they did that for the most part. When they had convertible third downs, they, you know, stuff that's third and six and, and um, in, they were able to convert. When it got beyond 10 yards, that's when they struggled. Uh, so that's you know, what you're looking at. Then we talked about turnovers during the week. Warriors needed to win in the turnover battle. Uh, the Both teams were good at takeaways. The Seahawks got one. The Warriors got two. Warriors now have 21 takeaways on the season and 15 interceptions. Ambry Thomas was the secondary player that needed one. Now they all have interceptions. So, Drake Greenlaw, you're the only one holding up that entire back end, including linebackers, from having an interception from the starting players. So the Niners' turnover differential just went to 11. Uh, and the Seahawks went down to uh, plus two. And then my wild that's bold, uh, I had a couple of really cool wild that's bolds. And I had the four years doing three turnovers. They only got two, but I had Ambry Thomas getting that big INT. And, of course, uh, lots of people were doing this. Our predictions, I had 34-16, ends up being 31-13. to So uh, I think everyone was kind of in that ballpark. But it was a great performance by the San Francisco 49ers. It really was. Uh, Brock Purdy settled in. Brock Purdy looked comfortable. He made his throws. And even though it wasn't a perfect day, still just took care of business. McCaffrey was that guy. I mean, you, you could count on your guys. And the thing was is normally Kittle goes off in Seattle. The fact that the 49ers, you know, you, you put focus on Kittle, okay. You want to put focus on McCaffrey, okay. Even with the focus on McCaffrey, couldn't stop him. McCaffrey's runs in this game were absolutely brilliant. There are plays he shouldn't have got very many yards, but he's so patient. Uh, the way he jump cuts, his vision, it, it was absolutely an elite performance. You could go back and watch this, and I guarantee you Bobby Turner and the rest of the, and Anthony Lynn could show this film to their running backs and teach this for years to come. Look at McCaffrey's balance. Look at the way he, there's a play they show, it's really great. Trent Williams is blocking, and he runs up to the outside shoulder of Trent Williams and then jumps inside. It's called setting the block. He's those running backs. Sometimes you can help those offensive linemen or blockers by setting up their block, getting them going one way. The defender wants to go that way and disengage. So when he does, you make the block for him. You cut up underneath it. But it was just a master class in running the football. The power, the vision, the strength, the speed, the decisiveness – if you want a running back, this is what you want him to look like. Is he, the, is he like Chris Collins or said? Is he the biggest? No. Is he the fastest? No. Is he the quickest? No. Is he the toughest? Maybe. Uh, but he's the best. He's the best running back in the NFL. If you put the best running back in the NFL with the best offensive coordinator and you get spectacular things like this, there's a reason Christian McCaffrey's leading the league in rushing. He's just having a phenomenal season, and he should potentially win offensive player of the year. We'll see how it ends up you know, the last six games of the season, how they end up panning out. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey has had an all world season. I'm going to give Christian McCaffrey uh, my straight beast offensive player of the week. 
I think he deserves it. He set up this game completely. Even though the early success went to Debo, Christian McCaffrey was a mainstay. Those big-time runs took the pressure off of the passing game, took the pressure off of the offensive line, and just made it easier for everyone and really set the tone for this football game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, my block is hot, defensive player of the week. I'm giving it to Charvarius Ward. I think Charvarius Ward had such a great game. He played tough on DK Metcalf. You take Metcalf out, your other players can go ahead and focus on what they need to do against Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. And that's why I said these, these wide receivers for Seattle, very comparable to what you saw the week before with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Trey Palmer. Uh, so it, to me, it was the same sort of thing. Yes, they have an opportunity to get you here and there. But as long as you take away the big dog, take away DK, take away Mike Evans, you can win. And now the 49ers proved this is why they got Charvarius Ward last offseason. Not this offseason, but the last one. They went out and they got Charvarius Ward so that way they could slow down and stop big-time receivers. Charvarius Ward, you know what your reward is? You get A.J. Brown next week. But the 49ers could do the same sort of thing. A.J. Brown, Charvarius Ward, you know, take advantage of going against Dante Smith with Lenore and Ambry Thomas. And as long as they can hold up, the 49ers got to feel pretty comfortable. And, of course, we'll get into Philadelphia as we get further into the week. But I would like to say to everyone, thank you guys for watching this reaction show. It was a lot of fun. Of course, more content will be coming your way. I hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving weekend. I'm continuing in the festivities. Uh, so content will come out uh, here and there throughout the week. But once we get, of course, to next week, it will come out consistently. Make sure you join me for all the content. Let me know what you thought of the reaction show in the comment section down below. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. So, guys, everyone stay safe. And remember, the right way is always 40 Matters. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.